guys miss us we missed you it's been a while how y'all doing you know what don't answer that i'll do that for you hello and welcome back to another episode of the attitude era wrestling review podcast i know you miss my lovely voice it's your man arnold and with me as always my tag team partner my main man the big drewski drew how goes it brother well, I never thought I'd see myself on the back of a milk carton, but there I was. There I was. Yeah, it's been. I can't tell you how many questions I've gotten about that. I was like, hey, when's you guys' next episode coming out? I was like, yeah. Gotta get to, gotta link up. <laughs> Man, yeah. Um, I've been working every, I'm working like a full-time schedule these last two weeks, and it's, it's making hard with kids having soccer and softball every evening and leaving the house at, 5.30 every morning and not getting back till 5.36 in the evening. Doesn't leave a lot of time. Oh, yeah. Understandable, man. It's like, yeah, we just started a new schedule at work, so I'm trying to trying to get used to that. And it's only the second week. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'll be used to it here uh, <laughs> in about a month. <laughs> yeah, then they'll switch it back. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is who – WWF Raw from September 9th, 1996. We are back on Monday nights. And about time. Man, can they keep up the momentum they had on Friday? That'll be the test. That'll be the test. <laughs> I mean, I, let's see. I mean, it's got to be better than Raw today. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. I know we don't talk a lot of modern wrestling, but let's just let's talk about the elephant in the room. When, how much, or how far does the ratings have to go in the toilet for Vince McMahon to say, you know what, I've got to give them what they want. I've got to stop this because, I mean, I've I laughed at it a couple months ago, but he's got competition now. Mm-hmm. Never thought I'd say it. And if the other show had a decent booker, they would be the main show probably within a month. I think it's going to take about six months, but I, I'm not sure about SmackDown since it's on Fox, but Raw, uh, I could see Dynamite passing it in the ratings. And it very well could. I mean, they're bringing in a lot of bigger names now. Like, I mean, CM Punk was, of course, huge one uh brian danielson Danielson coming in that's pretty big and adam cole baby adam cole baby and he's got these guys coming in um a well it's deleted now but uh a tweet that was put out by uh kevin owens had the coordinates to uh mount rushmore oh yeah (laughs) yeah that's, that's a that's a throwback to the throwback right there. As a, if you know, you know. So 
because his, his contract's, contract's coming up. Yep, in December. It's so mm-hmm. it's either he's saying, I'm out the door, or let me throw this tweet out at you, and I want some big bucks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I think he's gone because I don't see anybody staying once mm-hmm. their contract's up unless they, I mean, let, we just mentioned Adam Cole. For the love of God, NXT, he owned that show for three years. Yep. The, the Undisputed Era is the best faction in wrestling since probably, God, what we're watching now, NWO, DX. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, they, I mean they, they were different. They were different. I honestly thought that the Undisputed Era could have been the modern-day Four Horsemen. Honest to God. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You've got the working mouthpiece, the tag team, the, I mean, you could put Bobby, he's a little older, but you could put Bobby Fish in that enforcer role. I mean, he's not as big, but still, I think they could, I really do think they could have used one big muscle person. I don't know who that could have been. Somebody. I don't know. Off the top of my head, I'm thinking the, the roster they had at the time. Mm. Volter, mm. maybe. Oh man, As that would have been. Oh my god, that would have been awesome. Volter, I mean, been awesome because he he doesn't fit. No, he's not the undisputed air cocky little heel person. He's their muscle that doesn't need to talk ever. Doesn't really need mm-hmm. to do much, but just he's there. Yep. <sighs> That could have, to me, that would have been the modern day four horsemen. That could have been fantastic. That would have been fantastic. But yeah, I mean, I was like, I, I almost forgot about, yeah, Adam Cole. Like, yeah, yeah that was a big one, though. Like, because I mean, you think about it, yeah, like he basically made NXT what it is well, until Vinny Mac took over. And that, for me, this kind of seals the deal. It's like, look, You've got your guys from NXT that are like, look, I'm, I'm out. So it's like, if KO goes, I say, unless he has already renewed a contract or anything, Sami Zayn might be out the door. Huh. El Generico. He's already. Bye-bye, El Yeah. Hello, El Generico. Hopefully he ditches that since everybody learned that, hey, look, he can actually talk. Right. <laughs> God, him and Kevin Steen had some battles, dude. Yeah, oh, oh, man. back in the I Ring of to, Honor days. Ring of Honor, man. I used to love watching those matches. They, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> it's like these dudes are legitimately hurting each other, and it's great. <laughs> this weren't my cup of tea, but I can see where people like that. For the, for the people that like that kind of thing, that's the kind of thing that people will like. I don't but, know. It's like Canadian wrestlers just have like a blood feud against each other or something. I don't, yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> but, yeah, his contract's coming up, and I think everybody's going to look right at Adam Cole and go, Look what they tried to do to him. Mm-hmm. Vince McMahon's pitch to Adam Cole, Adam freaking Cole, one of the best workers on the planet right now. We're going to make you Keith Lee's manager. I, I, the fact that if he listened to another word out of Vince McMahon's mouth after that, he had more patience than I did. I would have turned up and went, I'm going to go talk to Tony now. Bye. Mm-hmm. 
or no, I, I would have probably have been sitting him. there. I would have been sitting there on my phone in front of him texting, and Vince, Vince goes, "What are you doing?" I'm texting Tony Khan that I'm available. Well, seriously, yeah. Okay, hold on. And this is hey, not- Tony. What's up, bud? Yeah, nothing against Keith Lee. We'll get to him in a second. Cause I want to ask you a question about him. A manager, for the love of God, it's Adam Cole. <laughs> Vince McMahon once thought AJ Styles was pointless and worthless because he was quote unquote small. Remember that match he had at Survivor Series with Brock? He got a good match out of Brock, for the love mm-hmm. of God, and put him over. Vince has lost it. He's lost his mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. Did you see the tweet about SmackDown from last, I think it was a week ago from Friday? I don't remember. Two-hour show. So with commercials, you get basically an hour, about 90 minutes, hour and a half. 22 minutes in the ring of wrestling. The whole show. 22 <laughs> minutes out of a 90-minute 90, 90 airtime. And the rest of it was interviews, skits, and stupid crap that no one cares about. That's ridiculous. Right now in WWE, if it's not Roman Reigns, no one cares. There's, And what's the difference about him? He's allowed to go out there. He has Paul Heyman. They say what they want. They're not scripted. Mm-hmm. And people believe, quote unquote, you know, as well as you can these days, believe it. Wow. Do you give... <laughs> Do you give two hoots about the Miz and John Morrison having squirt guns? No. <laughs> it's a show for eight-year-olds by eight-year-olds. Sounds about right. Yeah. Did you did you <laughs> see any of the new the, the NXT two point blah? No. Oh I no. I tuned in for a few minutes. And this is kind of relevant to what we we cover. There is they debut this new guy and he is huge, got a bright covered singlet collared singlet on. I'm like, well, that, that looks like it's straight out of 1980. Hmm. This guy, <laughs> this guy kind of looks like somebody I've seen before. Big, muscled up, jacked up dude, looks like a amateur sh- amateur wrestler. And I'm thinking, man, this guy could be a Steiner. What what are they calling? Braun Breaker. For the love of God, it's Rick Steiner's kid. I was going to say, yes, I'm pretty sure he is a Steiner. I did hear about him. Yeah. he His actual name, I think, is, you know, because their last their actual name is what, Rex Steiner? And they just cut it down to Steiner and put Scott and Rick. Have him go by Rex Steiner. Scott, Rick, Rex. It fits. Right. Is anybody going to be buying tickets to see Braun Breaker? <laughs> Braun Breaker. Literally. That's Chili McFreeze, stupid. And if you guys don't know who Chili McFreeze is, do your homework. All right, I'm not going to make you do homework because it's not a class. But <laughs> when Steve Austin left WCW and was coming to um, WWF, you know, he got the Ringmaster gimmick, but that got old real quick. And Vince called his quote-unquote, creative services people and said they needed some names, 
possible names. <laughs> little technical difficulties on Arnold's end. He's got microphones flying all over the room. <laughs> they needed they needed some names for a possible Steve Austin gimmick. And one of them was Chili McFreeze. That puts T.L. Hopper, more on him later, in a in a in a light. But very much so. My God. That would have been awful. So I mean, we're looking back at T.L. Hopper, the Stalker, Freddie Joe Floyd, things like that. I'm wondering. Is has Vince lost it, or is he just always lost it? And we gave him the benefit of the doubt. That's a good question. But I just think I think at this point he's tanking it on purpose. He has to be. There's no way you can look at the product today and go, they're trying. They're not. No. They're not at all. I mean, I'll I have some problems with some people in AEW, especially the three of them but they're at least they'll listen to the fans like did i did i actually do my review on their pay-per-view when we did it last week i know i was going to but i don't know if i ever did a little bit of it i think we ran out of time but anyway i watched all out that's probably the best pay-per-view i've watched in since the attitude era oh wow that's saying something (laughs) i mean the crowd was insane it, there was one ridiculously stupid match, and everybody was like, it's the greatest match ever. It's the match of the year. It was the Young Bucks tag team match. It was stupid. It was in a cage for no reason. They did everything on in their everything they've ever known that made no sense. Nobody sold anything. And at one point, they pulled out a shoe with thumbtacks taped to the bottom of it. Yeah, yeah, that looked exactly what I had. But I sat through it. But they also had one of the best. I, I can't. I don't. They called it a casino battle royal. It's a royal rumble with seasoning, some weird rules added to it. Huh. But it was a women's battle royal, and it was insanely good. Mo, I mean, I don't like the rules. I think they're stupid and just use royal rumble rules. But because they have them enter like groups of five. But instead huh. of all five coming down at once, they each get like a 10-second entrance. So they don't really all enter together. So it doesn't make a lick of sense to me why to group them in five if you're not going to – I don't know. It doesn't make sense to mm-hmm. me. But Ruby Soho, Ruby Riot debuted and won the thing, gets title shot at Britt Baker. Britt Baker's match was good. But my point, I'm not going to sit and review this whole show. I didn't watch it all. John Moxley's match was terrible with some 50-year-old Japanese dude. (laughs) Yeah. But my point was, I mean, I don't like Tony Khan as an overall storyline or like long-term booker, but I will give him credit. He listens to what the people want. And now you can't give people everything they want because if you can't have everything, where would you put it? Exactly. But Vince isn't listening to anybody and i know i've rambled for like 10 minutes here <laughs> well yeah i mean <clears throat> you hit the nail on the head with that one though it's like yeah you know it's okay to listen to the fans every now and again because i mean quite frankly is uh i mean especially when you think of wwe fans have been chasing that 
that like attitude era style kind of I guess you can kind of call it a boom and it's like it's one of those things where it's like look guys that was kind of a once in a lifetime deal um and a lot of other things went into play with that <laughs> it wasn't just you know uh, it wasn't that you know Vince or whoever woke up one morning and said hmm we need to make things a little more edgy you know it kind of it worked with osmosis um obviously a lot of stuff that we are going to review later on down the road would not fly today <laughs> some of the stuff we've been reviewing recently would not fly today and <clears throat> you know especially now in the age of the internet being widely available in the age of social media where we know that i'll use Big E as an example new champion shout out to my man biggie um, you know biggie's gonna burp we know he's gonna burp before he burps because of social media and <clears throat> you know it, i don't think we can get that moment anymore because these the crazy moments from the attitude era for example we didn't know they were coming come Monday night. It was like Monday night hits and it's like, oh my God, this happened or that happened or this guy turned or this guy dropped his belt. And we don't get that now because you can get on Twitter and see it three weeks before it happens. Like, oh, so-and-so is going to drop the belt to this guy. And, or, you know, so-and-so is all in or whatever. And it's just like, that kind of kills the, the vibe to me and don't get me wrong you're still going to pop when you see guys show up to AEW, or you're going to pop when guys want a belt or girls want a belt but it, i don't know it just doesn't seem genuine i guess is the, the word i'm looking for organic organic that's an even better word because it's kind of like uh oh my goodness this cake is good i've had it before but wow <laughs> you know Instead of, man, this is amazing cake. Oh, my God. Like, this is the best cake ever. There's, mm-hmm. there's a difference. Mm-hmm. But I digress. <laughs> I mean, when you have a 90-minute show and you've got 22 minutes of wrestling and the rest of it is scripted crap that is just garbage, you, ha- you don't have a two-hour wrestling show anymore. You have a scripted sitcom where, uh, I hate to use the word, a fake wrestling match might pop up every once in a while. Pretty much. And look at the ratings. They're diving through the floor. They're going down faster than a drunken prom date. No one wants this crap. I'll at least, I mean, I don't, I don't really care for a lot of the style, but AEW will put rings in mat, rings in the mat, rings, <laughs> matches Buzz in the ring. Right. Put, no, they'll put matches, <laughs> they'll put matches in the ring on a show, and it's not a whole show of just people talking stupidly. Nope. <sighs> That's how it needs to be. Oh, yeah. I mentioned a little bit ago. I wanted to mention now this is I haven't talked to Arnold about this before. I just wanted to get his insight on it. Did you see where I know you mentioned Big E, the new WWE champion? I mean, I don't like Big E. I think he's a cartoon joke, but I think he has potential if he would stop being goofy and looking like a pancake throwing moron but 
that's just wrestling today, I guess. I mean, that's the WWE style. You got to be goofy and for the kids because, like I said earlier, four eight-year-olds by eight-year-olds. But um, a guy that I think has, let's how we want to put it, limitless potential. Ah. Keith Lee, did you see where they gave him a new name? No, I did not. He is no longer Keith Lee. He is Keith Bearcat Lee. Why? Ah, uh, that's what I'm gonna tell you. As a quote unquote, I'm not really a I want I don't want to use the word wrestling historian, but at first when I read he's got a new name, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be so stupid. They're what they calling Von Vraker. But <laughs> but no, the bear the bearcat is um and I'm going to, I don't want to come off sounding ever, every time I try to talk about anything like this, I come off of sounding like I've got a hood over my head and Nazi salute or something. So let's try not to do that again. But Bearcat is a, there was two famous, I'll ask you a trivia question first. Who was the first African-American world champion in wrestling? World champion? Well, you know, major champion. Ooh. Ah, what's his name? Begins with an R, last name Simmons. That's almost correct. That's what everybody, I mean, that's the common, it's Ron Simmons. But you ever heard of a guy named Bearcat Wright? Bearcat Wright? No. That's most people wouldn't. He was a, That's not, and there's also Bearcat Brown, who I believe is, I'm hoping they're trying to tie Keith Lee into because that would be some nice history. And actually showing the wrestling roots, which is probably the exact opposite of what they're going to do. And they're going to name it after some cartoon I don't know about on Nick Jr. But Bearcat, <laughs> Bearcat Wright actually won the world title in Los Angeles from a guy named Classy Freddie Blassie in the WWA. And I want to say 62, 63-ish. Mm. So, I mean... It wasn't, you know, an, a giant big company, but it was still a very, very big deal. And on the other end of the spectrum, Bearcat Brown, or was it Bear? One of them refused to work segregated matches, and that basically, I think it was Brown, refused to, refused to work segregated matches and basically got, you know, wrestling in the time desegregated. It was one of the first, quote-unquote, I mean, it was at the time a sport, that was desegregated, and he is commonly, I mean, you can't, you know, there might have been some guy on some outlaw show in Missouri in 52, but nobody knows. But the big, the first main time integrated tag team huh. with, God, I can't think of his name right now. Shoot, and I believe it was Birmingham. I cannot think of it right now. I can't. Give me a second. I'll think of it here in a minute. <laughs> but anywho, I was gonna. That's that's the history of the Bearcat name, and they've given this to um Keith Lee now. So if they use the history, I kind of like it. If not, I don't know. Hmm. Lynn Rossi, that's it. Lynn Rossi in Al in Birmingham. Yeah. Oh. And it was Bearcat Wright that refused to work um, segregated matches, not Brown. 
He was a former boxer turned wrestler. Oh. In the okay. 60s. Yeah. So a little history lesson day, folks. There you no go. No doubt. That's, that's new to me. So now I'm going to ask you the question again. What do you think of Keith Lee's new Bearcat name? Well, <clears throat> if they actually do something with it and tie it into, well, the history of that, then uh, it could be a good thing. And I hope it's not just something where I was like, well, you know, we'll just kind of change your name. Why not? You know, I hope it doesn't <clears throat> turn into anything like that. And I hope they actually do something with it. Agreed. At least they kept the Keith Lee. They didn't just go, all right, here's Bearcat. Right. Because <laughs> that would have been dumb, <laughs> to say the least. Well, that's the status quo around the WWE nowadays. Good point. Remember when they used to be good when they had the F instead of the E? Mm-hmm. Ooh, remember September 9th, 1996? I do. Oh, you want to talk about that? Hey, why not? Let's reminisce a little bit. Hey, we're only like 30, <laughs> we're only like 30 minutes into this program that's supposed to be about 25 years ago, and we've talked about today. But hey, you know what? You get everything here, folks. You know, we're not even gonna charge, we're not even gonna charge extra for this. We don't charge anything. This is free. But <laughs> oh yeah, but raw September 9th, 1996. And I did not write down where this was from. Did you? Oh, shouldn't have to, because we're back in good old Wheeling West by God, Virginia. Oh, I know. I just wanted to hear you say it. <laughs> and on this one, we've got JR, Jerry the King Lawler, and Kevin Kelly on commentary. I am loving this trio. You know yes. why? Because none of those three names were Vince McMahon. Thank goodness. I can't stand Vince on commentary. I love him as a heel character here soon, but... Well, not soon. We got about a year, but cannot stand him on commentary. No. <sighs> and <laughs> as we mentioned earlier, 22 minutes on a two-hour show. Not on this one. We, we billboard the show with the announcers early, and then we immediately get a match. In the first round matchup for the Intercontinental title, we get Farouk Al-Assad with Sonny. Versus Savio Vega. And, I mean, was this ever in, in doubt of the outcome at all? No, nah, not really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so. Um, it, I think everybody knew Farouk was going to win this one. Mm-hmm. They're still headbutting the helmet. I do not know why someone has said stop doing that. <laughs> because because first of all if it's a, if you're trying to pretend it's metal that's going to hurt you and more than them probably oh yeah guaranteed <laughs> and if not it's foam and it's not going to hurt either one of you <laughs> um I, I love that spinning heel kick by Savio that is so fluid and for a bigger He's not really big, but he's not small either. I don't know how to describe him. He's, he's one of those, I guess you'd call him tweeners, can work as a big guy or a littler dude. It's weird. May, most of his size is in his hips, which is strange to say, but it, <laughs> it lends well to his working. Oh, yeah, I absolutely get that. Cause, I mean, yeah, it, it's, something, it's fun to watch him do it. 
it's nice they use it it's fluid it's clean like it doesn't look sloppy because i mean he's definitely got height for sure and usually for a move like a spinning heel kick it's not usually something you see a taller guy do and it's just we will not be seeing Sid Vicious doing spinning heel kicks. <laughs> Ooh, I hope not. That'd be terrible, wouldn't it? I want terrifying. everybody to see that now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do want to see that now. Somebody, somebody find video of Sid Vicious doing a spinning heel kick. <laughs> <laughs> I will retweet the absolute crap out of that. Ah. Oh. Um, Baruch hits a nice that spine buster looks like I mean he does the one where you kind of stand up and push him down like the big strong dude yes. my god that thing looks like it's got to hurt oh you know it's got to hurt sheesh like <laughs> it's just like you know like I don't feel like especially with the WWF rings those things don't give any they don't have any give no <laughs> it's like when you hear that pop it's thunk now, here in a few months, they will actually get new rings that kind of give a little, but these are those old 80s rings, and these are not bumping rings. Mm-mm. That's the one thing. That, yeah, it's stiff and hard and giggity. Not, I mean, look at, I mean, like we've talked about, look at the WCW ring. It not, it gives a little bit, a little bit, mm-hmm. not much. <laughs> um, and the only problem I had with this match was with Savio Vega's comeback. He he gets a comeback and he does the ground and pound on Farouk and he's punching his shoulder. Nowhere close to his face. He's punching his shoulder. That's the only problem I had with that. Just hit him in the head, punch him in the face, learn to work punches. Mm-hmm. Other than that. Oh uh there was one thing I had I kind of wrote it down that JR had mentioned in his, uh, in the commentary where, uh, he said if Farouk wasn't careful, he would end up looking like Tupac. Um, so for my hip hop historians out there, this was literally a few days after Tupac was shot in Vegas, which she of course ended up later dying from. So not exactly in the best taste, <laughs> welcome to the attitude era folks right <laughs> we're getting there big time like wasn't it the best taste yeah it was a little uh, a little too soon for that one he wasn't dead yet though was he he just got shot he, he wasn't dead yet but he was still in the hospital at this point so I, as i can school you on 60s wrestling you can school me on hip-hop from any time <laughs> Because, yeah, I'm white. <laughs> just let just throw that. Out. You can't see us, but if I have to tell you I'm white, you really need to get some wax out of your ears. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost clear, folks. Ah, yeah. <laughs> ah, so Farouk shuts the Vegas comeback down pretty handily. It's the Dominator, one, two, three. Everybody knew Farouk was going to win this. I I have no problem with this match whatsoever, except for Vega punching the shoulder. Two good workers, good match, good result. Good, and actually looking at the whole card, 
probably the only match you can start the show with. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we got four matches, and the other there's two on here that are meh, and the other one is to get an angle out of. So mm-hmm. um I liked it. It was entertaining. Uh Farouk's got, I mean, this guy was to me always underrated in the WWE. Really thought he could have went pretty far. I won't think I think if he shows up a year earlier than this, you can put a title on him. Oh, yeah. Oh, but, yeah. But showing up now and knowing what we're going to have in a year, no. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this the other day. I was looking. The Raws we didn't see because they're not on the network. Did you happen to look up the um, results from those? Um, no, I don't think so. No, I didn't. (laughs) There was a gentleman working on those, working dark matches before, who Mm -hmm. we will soon become to known as Rocky Maivia. Huh. And I had that, and I cannot remember the name he worked in under under at Memphis now. It was something absolutely stupid. I had it's one of those things I know it's ah, but anyway, yeah. So the rocks working dark matches. Keep that in your think tanks. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to this one. But yeah, Farouk, he shows up a year later or a year earlier. Yeah, you could put a title on him, make him a big dominant beast. But showing up now, and this is back when you know a guy didn't show up and two weeks later got a title shot. Or excuse me title opportunity right to get a title shot but the, you had to build the guys up but he shows up now and we're about ready to get there i mean we're already seeing the rise of steve austin the rocks in the waiting um triple h is going to be moving up you still got bret hart you still got Shawn michaels the undertaker mankind i mean Look at the Hall of Famers we're seeing on this daggum show. Right. I mean, right. E- even if we turn our time machine 20 years forward, look at Raw today. Do you see any Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman? Brock Lesnar's not really on there. He's the part-timer who shows up every once in a while, which is why I can't stand Brock Lesnar. Is there anybody on that show right now who you go, that guy's a Hall of Famer? Not that I can think of. Yeah. And first person that tweets, The Miz, or um, oh, Seamus, or uh, 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 shut up. It's, no. I don't even know who. Seth Rollins? No. Not been there. Not long enough. Not a long enough body of work. Um, Kevin Owens? No. Finn Balor, no. Why are we talking about so much modern wrestling? But anyway, I mean, because I mean, on this show alone, you've got one, two, two, three, three legitimate hall. Well, I mean, if you're counting commentary, four, five, five legitimate Hall of Famers here on this nothing edition of Raw. Yep. 
And that's the crazy thing is like these guys weren't household names yet. Nope. Except for maybe the Undertaker, and that's a huge maybe. Shawn None Michael. of them have Shawn Michaels. He's in Shawn Michaels. He's yeah. in Playgirl. I mean, Shawn Michaels is obviously yeah, he's the guy at this point. And it's like, but I mean, a lot of these guys like hadn't hit even close to the apex of their careers yet. Mm-mm. Not even close. It's wild. Vince can't make stars anymore. He used to be able to do it all the time. Need a guy? Mm-hmm. Give me that guy, and we'll make a star out of him. He doesn't know how to do it anymore. Not at all. Sorry. Nope. <laughs> and it's just going to keep happening. I mean, carrying cross for the love of God. NXT beast, badass, good, good uh, an insanely good look for a wrestler. They bring him up to the main roster, shove some stupid mask and some dominatrix like gimmick on him. <laughs> not dominate, well, dominate. Yeah, I guess that works too. But I was gonna mention demolition. <sighs> he can't make stars anymore. He's I'm almost at this point convinced Vince is trying to ruin the company. He has a vendetta against wrestling, and he's going to try to just kill it dead. But anywho, back to this. Man, we have spent so much time talking about anything other than this. Uh, but, but, yeah, this match, I liked it. It was entertaining. It was good to kick off the show. I gave it a B. Right on, and I'm actually inclined to agree with that. Uh, I was like, and honestly, like, this was more or less, I mean, let, let's call it what it was. It was basically an extended squash. Yeah. But the only caveat is with this one, like, Savio actually got some pretty good offense in. Like, it wasn't one of those ones where, you know, the guy who's about to get his poop pushed in, so to speak. We'll see that in a few. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're seeing – you know, we're seeing guys like these guys go in there, put on a show for the crowd to get them started and do a good job of it. I mean, it wasn't Farouk and Savio getting a ring. Savio tries to punch Farouk, he no sells it, and he hits him with a dominator one, two, three, done. Like, I mean, they went in and put on a almost 10 minute show, and it was like, <clears throat> yeah, it was, it was a squash. It's like you said, it alluded to earlier, it was never in doubt who the winner was going to be. And they did a convincing job of making me, the viewer, think that Savio had a chance in this one. So I also gave it a B. Yep. Yeah, I, I mean, we agree on that one. Um, Sonny, junk gra- Sonny grabs a mic, starts insulting Ahmed Johnson, um, Stone Cold, Jerry the King, the God ones, everybody. Um, and then Sid comes down. The refs have to separate him, so we're going to see that match. Farouk and Sid. Okay, cool with that. And she she insults the God ones, and I wrote, where are the tag titles? It's been weeks, and we have not seen it. Unless they were on that Rawls, two Rawls, or whatever, how many weeks of Raw we couldn't watch. Where are the tag titles? Give me some tag teams. My God, make one. Give me T.L. Hopper and Freddie Joe Floyd in a tag team. They call themselves the crapper. 
<laughs> I, I I can go with that. But yeah, that's what I, I mean. So we're we're teasing Farouk and Sid, who we're gonna, I believe going to meet in the second round of the IC tournament. All right, cool. I can deal with that. Then we get Shawn Michaels in is what has got to be the worst interview he's ever done. Or no, not worst interviews. Sorry, I said that wrong. Worst interviewer ever. I don't know who that was, <laughs> but my God, it was garbage. Like they were just write it on a piece of paper and hand it to Shawn Michaels and don't let this person talk. <sighs> Might've been better off. Yeah. Well, but Michaels, you know, he can talk. Obviously one of the, Best of the time. Calls out Camp Cornette. Haven't seen them in a while. Think we're seeing the downfall of them. Sad mm-hmm. face. <laughs> so apparently we're going to get Jose Lothario versus Jim Cornette. And Sean says, I've got more guts than brains. Yup. <laughs> I agree with that. He keeps talking about the click, and I'm like, where? They all left. <laughs> You've got one. <laughs> right. And he's being punished. Um, but it, overall, it was a I, I nitpicked on the some of the things he said, but he says them with conviction and makes me believe it. I like to hear Shawn Michaels talk. I like to watch him wrestle. I just, you know, know what I do now. I can't. I back then was a big fan when I, you know, didn't see him a whole lot because he lost a smile, his back hurts, and he wanted to get paid to sit home. But anywho. <laughs> watching this it's refreshing you know i like it i gave this one also a b Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now uh what cracked me up though is when um jose gets a little too excited and switches over to spanish yeah (laughs) (laughs) kind of made me think of um i love lucy yeah, Ricky. Whenever Ricky would get upset, he starts speaking in Spanish. I had a um, I had a friend of mine in college. She was German, and never you never heard her speak German. I'm one of the only, probably one of the only few that ever got to hear her actually like talk. She, her mom called her one day, but anywho, and um, if she got mad, like really angry, would start talking fast. She would just throw random German words and sentences that you had no idea what they meant. And it was hilarious because she'd be angry and we'd start laughing and that would make her matter. <laughs> hilarious. But yeah, so like Jose here. Yeah. I mean, he just starts. I mean, I don't know Spanish. I'm not going to attempt to fake it, but yeah, that was good. That was mm-hmm. amazing. And it's, and that's, you know, probably him getting into it and being real. So oh yeah. Probably does that in real life. If he gets angry. Oh, I guarantee that. And, I was kind of sitting there thinking to myself, I wonder if he's saying, Corny, I'm coming for you with the switchblade. (laughs) (laughs) Could be. Could be. Uh, We've all seen it, man. We've all seen it. Yep, that that switchblade's deadly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Did you grade this? I did not. All right. Any any final thoughts on this? I'm excited for the Shawn Michaels-Mankind match. Look at that. Yeah, I am too. In any any f- f- use of the word, oh, yes, <laughs> I like that. All right, and then we get our headline of WrestleMania match: 
T.O. Hopper versus the Stalker. <laughs> and oh my God. This, I mean, could you imagine Vince McMahon? And the main event at WrestleMania, T.L. Hopper versus the Stalker. I think my McMahon's getting a little better. Hurts my throat. But. Uh, let's just put it this way. We'd be reminiscing about the WCW era. <laughs> yeah. Probably still be talking about WCW mm. to this day. <laughs> Had that been the case? Yeah. I mean, this is not, I mean, this is the Stalkers in-ring debut and versus T.L. Hopper. I mean, <laughs> what more can I say? Well, here's this. Picture yourself. You're sitting in the crowd and wheeling back in 1996. You know, you grew up watching you know, all, you know, the 80s wrestlers and everything. So, you know who these guys are. You know, you're looking at Barry Windham and Dirty White Boy. So, you're thinking, why why did they paint Barry Windham's face and why does the Dirty White Boy have a plunger? <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. Exactly. I, but there was one saving grace of this match. You know what that was, don't you? Flying Brian Pillman on commentary. <laughs> or not, sorry, backstage. Backstage. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, hold on. Well, shoot. I started using initials again. I can't remember who I'm talking about. Oh, Pillman and Owen Hart backstage. Yeah. And we'll get that one hard here in a minute if we start, want to start talking about modern wrestling, but ironically enough. But so <laughs> Owen and Brett Harder back together, maybe? Hmm, Pillman's throwing out some things. Says he's going to make a major announcement at In Your House. JR doesn't believe it. <laughs> I mean, this. there's a reason we're talking about Pillman and Owen Hart in the backstage because the match was who cares Ugh. yeah pretty much jr apologize <laughs> jr apologizes for breaking the diesel and razor story can't wait to see that return me neither can't figure out how they're going to work it between both both companies that's weird um they were back to the ring stalker superplex one two three he wins this was all about the backstage every bit of it teasing the return of bret hart the return of Diesel and Razor. Um, yeah. So it is what it is. The match was, I feel so sorry for T.L. Hopper, the dirty white boy. He was good Southern wrestler. I really wish right now he was in the other company hmm. instead of this one. But it is what it is. Stalker goes over in his debut, right? Right result, honestly. I mean, you're putting the new guy in versus a jobber. Everybody knew who was going to win. I like that he went with the superplex. Um, and if you're listening, Stalker, please tell your son to dump that stupid fiend gimmick with whoever he signs with. All right. I'll throw it over to Arnold. I think... 
<laughs> nah, I, it was like more than anything. This this match was pretty much just Pillman and Hart backstage with a match going on in the background. Like, have you ever been washing dishes and you just have you have the TV playing in the other room? You like, should be having just, our podcast in the background, but I'm just saying. That's right. I agree with that. But that's essentially what this was. <laughs> it was kind of like, you know, the stalker and T.O. Hopper come out to the ring and it's just like, all right, no, we're going to take it backstage where we had Brian Pillman and Owen Hart. And that was it. So I was like, okay, well, Bret Hart might be coming back soon. Apparently him and uh, Owen have made amends. Okay. And um, <laughs> so we'll, that we'll uh, see it. Right. Like so, we'll, we'll see how that goes. And then, like after that backstage backstage bit was over, I was like, "Oh wait, there was a match going on." I completely forgot about this. Like the it literally lasted the length of the backstage interview. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Like y'all did all this talking about, oh, you know, we're getting a stalker, Barry Windham, coming to WWF Monday Night Raw, and then. He gets in there. He's only in the ring for three minutes. But he did go over. I'll give him the <laughs> right result. At least he went over. <laughs> yeah. And I got to hear Brian Pillman, so that's always a good thing. That's um, always a plus. Well, no, it's a minus because I gave us a B minus. Oh. <laughs> Very nice. Um, Very nice. This was – I basically graded the Pillman and Owen Hart in the back. The match was it was there, like you said, it was in the background. Not really important. The stalkers here mm-hmm. don't get used to him, folks. Um, yeah, it was just a match to get him over, which is what you need. You need those. We don't get mm-hmm. those anymore. We get 20 minute marathon matches with job dudes, which makes you look yep. like a putz. We're gonna see more of that in NXT coming soon. Oh, you aren't already? Lord, NXT 2.0. That's why I used to enjoy watching it because, yeah, they'd get these guys who were going through, like, the developmental stuff who were like, I mean, we didn't know who they were. They were no names going mm-hmm. up against your top guys at the time. Like, I forget who it was. I, I watched Aleister Black straight up murder a man on live television, and it was glorious mm-hmm. because the match was only two minutes long. He walked in, looked at the guy. The guy might have like slammed himself and then took a kick to the face, and that was the match. That spin kick by his is good lord. Mm. How that yeah. looks so freaking I mean, real just looks so. I mean, I know I know some of them get their hand up, some of them don't. I'm pretty sure some of the tougher ones just go, you know what, just full and just turn and kick me in the face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I will say, honestly, that's where I got respect for Roman Reigns. Uh, whenever he had, uh, I believe it was a WrestleMania match with Lesnar. And I actually watched on YouTube, I watched uh, Roman Reigns do a shoot interview about that match. And he even said it himself. He's like, you know, this is Brock Lesnar. Like, you know, he didn't really talk to anybody backstage, which I mean, I can kind of see that Brock's a very seclusive kind of dude. But yes, like Somewhere in Minnesota right now. It was like... Uh, he um he flat out said, you know, Brock is a fighter. Like Brock is a a legit tough guy. So it's like, I'm gonna go in here, I'm just gonna bum rush this dude. And you can see it in the match. <laughs> the bell rings and Roman is on him like a pit bull, 
and gets his face mashed in. <laughs> and I mean, it, to me, it made it a better match. But anyway, back to let's take it back 25 years. Um, I gave this a C. Like, and I'll be honest with you, I graded it on the match itself. I gave it a C because it was like, okay, we just Wyndham's back, getting him over. Cool. If I include the backstage session in that, I also give it a B minus for that. Because, I mean, obviously, it's always awesome seeing the loose cannon, Brian Pillman, Owen Hart. Rest in peace, late, great, legendary type dudes right on. And, um, yeah, this was basically an interview with a match behind it. But, I mean, it gets you pumped. You know, Bret Hart's coming back. Maybe him and Owen will be together. It'll be awesome. And, I mean, spoiler alert. But, you know, why not? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Man, what Pillman could have been. That wreck. yeah. I mean, if he didn't have that wreck. I'm not honest to God sure we would still remember who Steve Austin was. I mean, Austin's good on the mic. Love you, Steve, if you're listening. But I think Pillman was a little better. I think Pillman was a little better, a little more diversified is the word I want to use. More mm-hmm. Diverse with his, in his moves in the ring. Better, Definitely a better high flyer. More technical. Austin probably had him on the brawling side of the working, but I mean, oh yeah. If he doesn't have that wreck and doesn't have his other demons, I mean, Pillman's definitely top of your card champion type guy. Especially oh, yeah. with this awesome gimmick he's got this loose cannon crap, which nobody knows whether he's shooting or working or anything. Oh, wonderful. And he played it so perfectly. Mm-hmm. And let's go over to the have you seen the controversy surrounding Owen Hart this week? Hmm. No. Oh, you haven't. You Mm-mm. haven't seen it. So I believe I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I believe that our friends over at All Elite Wrestling are going to have a special tournament called the Owen Hart Memorial. I, I could be wrong on the wording and this, but some people are kind of angry that AEW is using their the family's allowing it there, got their blessing on it. AEW is doing it and not WWE. Hmm. And there's people like just lambasting him because why would you let AEW do it not where he worked? Well, you know, the last time I checked, Owen's not around because of the WWEF at the time's negligence. Exactly. So you can take that and shove it straight up. You know, actually, you know what? You can turn that thing sideways, shine it up real nice and shove it straight up. You know where? Because shut up. If his family wants AEW to use his name and not WWE, power to him. Right. They won't. I. They won't let him be in the Hall of Fame, which I have again have no problem with. I really wish there was a somewhere an actual legit wrestling Hall of Fame, because the two main ones we have right now are the WWE, which is just straight up a PR machine for them because we've got to have a headliner. We've got to have a tag team. We have to have a girl and we have to have some kind of ethnicity. Well, you know what? You know, that's not how it works. 
so it's just a PR machine for the WWE. It's not real. Don't I mean it's fun to watch the old guys talk and give their speech. I will admit I do. That's one of the things I watch every year. I do like I do enjoy that. But then the other main quote unquote established Hall of Fame is Dave Meltzer's Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame, which is an absolute joke. And I'm sorry. <laughs> It is an absolute joke because if you look at some of the older names that aren't in there, but you've already put Kenny Omega in your Hall of Fame, you have no credibility. I am, yeah, that's the y'all could see Arnold's look. It's exactly probably what you're on. I'm like, what? Kenny Omega's in a Hall of Fame? First off, he's not, he's, how long has Kenny Omega been like a, if you want to quote unquote top of the card main event dude? He had what a run a, a year run in Japan, and now a couple years here at AEW, and the rest Give of it, and the rest of it, he was just on the Indies. He never even really did Ring of Honor or Impact or TNA, did he? Not that I could think of, no. Not 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 like big runs or top of the you know pushed, mm-hmm. but off that one year run where he had three good matches with. The person who obviously now watching Kenny Omega was carrying the crap out of those matches. He got in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame, which is an absolute travesty and a joke. Well, <clears throat> how many of those matches did he have in the Tokyo Dome? Because mm. I think that's how I think that's how Dave Meltzer bases it. Because if you think about it, anything that's ever main invented in Japan at the Tokyo Dome has been a five star match for Dave Meltzer. That's pretty much true. Um, <laughs> it's almost a meme now. I mean, Dave's star ratings are stupid. I mean, so are our grades here, but we're just giving our opinions, and we'll let you know that this isn't some kind of scientific yada, yada, yada. We do right. let uh, – I will tell you I, – I will tell you right now, my opinions greatly influence my grades. Oh, yeah. But we're doing a – outlaw mud show podcast not the big established everybody reads observer with a hall of fame where your opinions really shouldn't matter right i'm sorry a seven star match on a or what was a five i think it was a five star match with a tag team backstage brawl that's all it was it wasn't even in the ring i'm sorry no if it you can't give some a backstage tag team fight but sloppy fight between i believe it was the young young bucks and the best friends more stars than you gave flair and steamboat no you're joking right no i'm not it was a backstage aw tv match and i i believe it got five stars flair and steamboat only got four and don't give me this whole it's a different era. <laughs> Shut up. No, it's not. So our next it's match tonight. It's <laughs> a different era of my hind end. Yeah. Um, but how in how do we go? Oh, Pil- we're back with Pillman and Owen Hart. Yeah. They won't put him in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Man, we went round about and round and round we went. Oh yeah. But, but yeah, so there was the big controversy about that and there's no controversy if you think that they're wrong for letting the aw use his name shut up 
delete yourself from the planet. Well, not the planet, but Twitter. That's what delete yourself from Twitter because you don't deserve a voice because you're dumb. Oh, <laughs> man, I am ranting hard today. I am just, I guess I'm angry. I'm an angry person. <laughs> oh, you got any comments on that? I mean, I, nah, I, think, I think I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I think I covered it. So 25 years ago, we got the Crush versus Freddie Joe Floyd match, which lasted 30 seconds, and I gave it a B. Uh, Crush makes his debut with the lawyer manager dude, punches Freddie Joe Floyd, and pins him. That was pretty much – I don't think Freddie Joe Floyd got a move in. No. <laughs> No. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you want to do? Oh, we're going to the finish. The bell hasn't rang. Yeah, we're going to the finish. <laughs> we didn't get any funny lawyer puns from Clarence Mason or anything. It was just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to Raw. Oh, that happened. One, two, three. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that, this was the match, folks. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Thanks for coming, Freddie. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Open and shut. <laughs> so our main event, we get The Undertaker versus Salvatore Sincere, a.k.a. Tom Brandy, if you know who that is. Um, again, I mean, every match tonight, I don't think there was ever in doubt of who was going to win it. <laughs> I mean, we're not to that part of the attitude area yet. Um, Undertaker comes out. He's about seven levels of pissed off. Um, and I don't know why, but since Sal, I'm just going to call him Sal. Sal takes advantage earlier, and he got a lot of offense in here. Mm-hmm. I, that was really surprising me. I thought this was going to be another squash. But Taker gave him a lot. I mean, I guess Taker's a good dude because if I'm Undertaker, I'm like, the last match, the guy won with a punch. I'm going to sneeze, and you're taking a dive. <laughs> yep. <laughs> if he beat a boxer with a punch, I'm going to beat the Italian porn star gimmick with just a slap in the face, and you're going down. I don't know. <laughs> We get a in the middle of the match because this is so important. We get Gold Dust and Marlena in the background quoting movies. I liked it. I mean, it's Gold Dust. He's still in this movie gimmick kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And the androgynous Gold Dust movie actor. I don't know. But it was nice. Uh, um, Sincere puts. <laughs> Did you see the part where he took his fingers and put them in Taker's nose and picked him up? I did see that. I was just kind of like, what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know it's wrestling, but if you do that to me, I am going to turn around and just match or not ball kick you right there. Tell the ref, hey, look at that right. guy in the crowd. and Just bam, just haul off. Because, I mean, he did Seriously, it. Seriously, that's just. <laughs> he licked his fingers. What gimmick does he have? He sticks his pointer finger, middle finger, 
and Taker's nose, picks him up, and then licks his fingers. What the – did you not catch that part? I think I missed that part. I'll try to find it and post it on Twitter later. Oh, my God. Yeah. Ugh. And I guess for that, Taker gave him the world's giantest choke slam. Tombstone. One, two, three. Taker goes over, obviously. And I guess we're getting Taker in gold dust to go back on there. Feud now that he's done, I guess, done with Paul Bear Mankind because I guess he doesn't need revenge for them. I mean, as long as we don't see any more boiler room matches, I'm good. I'm okay. good. Don't want any more of those. But um, overall, it wasn't a bad match. I like the promo in the middle of it. It got what it was supposed to be done. A little lackluster for a main event, even for TV. But I gave this a B plus. Okay. I mean, that's not. Oh, I was gonna say that's not fair. That's not bad. <laughs> I was like, what? What do you? What, what should I? <laughs> that's not fair. No. <laughs> Uh, this one, uh, it was it was fascinating, to say the least. Um, yeah, I mean, this one, I feel like when I saw that it was the main event, I figured it was going to be a squash or somebody was going to come and interfere or something like that, and neither of those happened. Uh, this is another one where, I mean, yeah, like I said again, finish was never in doubt. Like, I didn't expect – Salvatore sincere to win this one. I didn't expect Taker to give him quite the match either. So I mean, I'll take that. But um, yeah, them choke slams, ew, wow. Um, <laughs> I was like, I gave this one. I went with a B minus on this one. It's my final grade for this match. Yeah, this is way too much offense for me. You said B minus. I said B plus. Mm -hmm. We're right there. And that was Raw from September 9th, 1996, with a lot of modern wrestling thrown in. <laughs> I guess we just had, <laughs> had a lot of crap we need to get off our chest, folks. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> so that, yeah, that was pretty much the way the cookie crumbled on that one. That's what no. happens when we're gone for a while. <laughs> I mean, we're working our way up to the next in your house which is probably going to be in a few weeks. So, I mean, it wasn't a bad episode of Raw. I'll take this over Raw today or SmackDown, really. Oh, yeah. wasn't bad. It, it's prog everything progress. Everything. This is one thing. Everything happened to progress to something else. It wasn't, hey, this was just here. Mm -hmm. I mean, we look at Farouk and Vega. IC tournament. Good. We're getting there. Shawn Michaels interview. Okay, we're getting there with him Him still feuding with Camp Cornette. We're getting there. We're getting Jose versus JC in a switchblade match. Oh, that'd be switchblade on a pole. Switchblade on a pole. <laughs> um, TL Hopper versus the Stalker. Stalker's debut. Crush versus Freddie Joe Floyd. I believe this was Crush's debut. And they both went over handily. Undertaker versus Salvatore Sincere. We get the Gold Dust promo. We we move that along. That's the one that really, I think they could have done a little more to move it on, but it is what it is. Overall, it was a good episode. It wasn't. Oh my God, you got to watch this, but it's you need to watch this. Mm -hmm. 
And that's the thing with today. You don't need to watch any of it. You can watch. I did this when I watched. The last I watched Raw and SmackDown, like, for about a year in 2017, I said, I said, you know what? It's the network. I got it. So I'm going to, I'm going to watch them. And I realized after about two months, no, I don't need to watch the shows. The shows are pointless. Oh yeah. I was just watching pay-per-views and they would play the perfectly produced package before. And I cut out so many hours of crap. And you could watch a, the pay-per-views were too long, like four hours, but hmm. you know, I could cut out 12 hours of, well, no, say they two, five hours a week, 20 hours of, of show a month and be just fine. Yep. But yeah. So overall good episode. I love Jr. King and Kevin Kelly. Even, I mean, I know we're eventually going to transition to just Jr. and, the king but i don't mind kevin kelly at all i think he's i think he's pretty underrated he's a, especially for the time but good episode we move things along i'm going to go ahead and give this overall a b i was like yeah i mean you pretty much hit the nail on the head with this episode um it had everything it needed to have and <clears throat> Excuse me. I uh, really don't have anything to add to that. It's the simple fact is that, like you said, it's not like today where, you know, the show starts and you got to listen to 30 minutes of someone talking about something and this, that, and the other. They really only progress maybe one or two storylines. Everybody else is just kind of there. But, you know, like I said, with this here, everything had a purpose. Everything had, I mean, even... You know, like the crush Freddie Joe Floyd and, and uh, Stalker versus Teal Hopper, they both had purpose. Even even if the matches were small and it was kind of like the matches themselves in a way were slightly pointless, they still had a point to them. So uh, I'm very inclined to agree with your grade on this. Uh, overall, the show was a B show. Wasn't bad. I mean, it didn't. It's not necessarily something where it's like, oh, oh my god, like. I can't wait to talk about this at the water cooler at work tomorrow. But at the same time, it's like, look, we're trying to get you people ready for in your house. But you could talk about this at the water cooler and not laugh, have people laugh at you. You walk up to your water cooler today and go, hey, did you guys watch Raw tonight? What the hell's Raw? <laughs> nobody knows because nobody's watching it because nobody cares because it's a reality show with a little bit of wrestling in it. <laughs> pretty much so that's been us talking a lot of modern wrestling and a little bit from 96 <laughs> and if that just grinds your gears and insanely pisses you off let us know at a at AEWR pod on Twitter and Instagram or if you're so mad, you have to type way more than the character limit. You can email us at AEWR316 at gmail.com. And if you want to tell us we're wrong, that's great. You want to tell us we're right, that's even better. 
if you want to tell us we suck as human beings. Well, you know what? You suck too. That's a good way to get a promo cut on you. Yeah, I, I will. Um, have you not seen the the mood I'm in today? <laughs> I will go off on somebody. Perfect, perfect mood to cut a promo. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, any final words, Arnold? Any final words for me? Um, can we get more of this commentary? More of this commentary team. Like in all seriousness, I the nostalgia value of having Vince on commentary wears off after one episode. You mean one sentence? <laughs> Like, I'm Vince McMahon. Oh, welcome <laughs> to Monday Night Raw. That's gonna have to be edited a lot quieter, <laughs> but yeah, I agree. I 100% agree. That's it. That is that's it. That's all I got, brother. <laughs> all right. Well, that's Arnold. He's been your man with a plan. I am Drew, your armchair booker of the year. And that is us staring at the lights. One, two, three. Peace.